Welcome to the Gambling Couch, folks. My name is Seth. I'm joined here today with Cade. Hey, everybody. Keen is not with us this week. He is currently in the doghouse because he went one and two in his best bets last week. Uh, and Cade and I went two and one. So he had to sit the show out. Yeah, we just didn't invite him back. He's probably done for just not not really. Just kidding. He's getting frustrated with gambling. No, he's uh, out of town for work. So we're going to do this as a duo podcast this week. Before we get started, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Gambling Couch. Our email is thegamblingcouch at gmail.com. You can hit us up on either of those platforms, send us your questions, and we can talk about those on air. Uh, another thing we need to talk about before we get going is that there is a new app uh, out in Oregon this last week, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's the Oregon Lottery Scoreboard, um, where you can bet literally anything. They have like overseas sports. The only thing you can't bet is college sports, um, but that's a great way for people in Oregon to bet. It's legal now. Um, so from now on, we're actually going to be using lines from that app instead of the aggregate lines that we have been using. That way you guys can kind of follow along better and uh, bet those games on your phone. Yeah, we know a lot of you are probably from Oregon listening to this, so um, it, it was new as of about a week ago. So it's a great time to kind of jump in and kind of get a feel for it. Just put a few bucks in there, um, you know, put five bucks on a game, um, you know, listen to what we're telling you, Please. giving you. Um <laughs> And, yeah, make a little bit of money with us. It beats an offshore gambling site, which is what I've been it's using. It's a lot easier, a lot more convenient. Yeah. Uh, last week, Kate and I did pretty well. Um, two and one in our best bets would net us $180 each when we put 100 down on those games. So we're making money. Hopefully we can do that again this week. Uh, we're going to start off this week talking about what happened in the NFL last week, and then we'll go into our best bets. Uh, starting off, we're going to talk about that Thursday night game. Uh, you saw Patty Mahomes get hurt, where the Chiefs still took care of business in Denver. Put up 30. Um, Denver only scored six. What was your takeaway there? Yeah, I mean, Mahomes getting hurt really hurt the Chiefs' offense, obviously. But they, I mean, still, I mean, it, it happened late enough in the game. They were already up. Matt Moore kind of came in, and, you know, he's serviceable as a game manager. But Oregon that's, State alum, too. Oregon State alum. Can't got to get that in. He was a good quarterback for Oregon State, and he's been a backup in the league for, you know, years now, 10-plus years. Um, and that's about all he is. He's a serviceable game manager. He'll, you know, he'll take care of the football. You're going to have to run the ball. He's not going to do a ton more for you on offense. But they still found a way to win. Biggest thing I took away, Flacco was sacked eight times last mm-hmm. week by that Chiefs defense. And it was kind of a defense we all rode off. That team was team's kind of built around Mahomes and the offense, scoring a lot of points. Um, the defense is kind of meant to just kind of, you know, weather the storm, um, so to say. They're not going to, you know, force a lot of turnovers, um, limit the opposing team. But, um you know, Noah Holmes kind of handcuffs this Chiefs team going forward. Yeah. So I think that's something to keep in mind with them. Um, and then the Broncos, I mean, they just weren't good. They couldn't really run the ball at all this week, which is what people were expecting um, them to do against the Chiefs. So if you can't run the ball against a team that's not able to stop the run, then you're not going to you know, put up points. And obviously six points, um, just not a good showing by Denver. Yeah, uh, I think that's my biggest concern um, for Denver, I would say, is their offensive line right now. I watched most of that game, and the Chiefs had the worst pass rush, rush going into that game, and Denver's tackles just let them get to Flacco. Like you said, he was sacked eight times. Um, to me, I think that was more of a testament to how bad of shape that Broncos line is than how good um, the Chiefs played. I mean, they played good on defense. Um, it was a nice showing by them, but I think my biggest takeaway is Denver's line is just atrocious. And I don't like Joe Flacco. I've talked about that about that a lot before. And like you mentioned with the Chiefs, um, I'll talk about this more later because I'm picking the other side. I'm picking against them this week. But they only scored one offensive touchdown with Matt Moore. Um, 
playing quarterback, and I believe Mahomes got hurt late first quarter. So they had at least half a game. I can't remember if it was first or second quarter um, for him to be in there. And I think that offense is just going to be kind of strapped with him, like you were talking about. Um, and we'll talk about how many points we think Patrick Mahomes is worth to the line, uh, the, the spread, when we get to that game that I'll be picking for my best bets. But I think it's it's quite a few. So that's going to be a tough team going forward. Uh, we saw Mahomes was practicing a bit this week, which was, which was surprising considering the severity of his injury. But I hope, I hope he can come back sooner than later, mostly because he's on my fantasy yeah. team. They so. talked about him possibly playing Sunday, but I don't see it happening. I, I think, think they, they ended up ruling him out today. Did they? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think – you know, it's kind of just played safe here. Um, but, yeah, I think he will impact that line a lot. I was kind of surprised they tried to rush him back almost. Yeah. That's your franchise quarterback. I don't know why necessarily. Um, I mean, it, it would be – it's a Sunday night game against the Packers. Right. Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes versus Rodgers is a huge storyline if he's able to play. But yeah. I don't know why, you know, you necessarily rush him back in week eight, whatever it is. Right. So, um, yeah, next game was Rams beat Atlanta on the road 37-10. to 10. Um, my biggest takeaway, I mean, Goff kind of picked apart a bad defense. He kind of showed that, you know, he can get it going a little bit. He's not a shell of a quarterback like a lot of people have been saying these last couple of weeks. And it was a, it was a good get-right game for the Rams. It was one they needed to go in. They needed to score a lot of points, um, a convincing win to kind of get back on track. Um, Aaron Donald hasn't been, you know, super good statistically so far this year, but he did have a strip sack. He was dominant throughout. Um, he he kind of makes his present felt. He's one probably the best defensive player in football. Um, and the Rams' defense held up. Just 224 total yards of offense allowed. Um, Matt Ryan went out with an ankle injury, which helped them a little bit. But, I mean, it kind of just reinforces the Falcons are one of the worst teams in the league. I think probably a bottom five team. We saw them trade Sanu this last week, too. Yeah, they are Sanu to the Patriots, I think it was. Um, So I think that kind of signals that they're about done with this year. That team's not playing for a whole lot. Dan Quinn's got to be Yeah. That team's just atrocious. Um, Yeah, go bet on Dan Quinn to be fired next. Seriously. Coming this year. Yeah, I didn't take a whole lot away from that game because we knew Atlanta was bad, and that was just kind of confirmed. Rams looked solid on offense. Defense didn't give up much. Like you said, Matt Ryan got hurt. Um, They have a similar matchup this week, uh, playing the Bengals at home. So that line's at 13. Maybe they repeat, maybe they don't. I guess we'll talk about that later when it comes. Next game we had Vikings on the road put up 42 points uh, against that Lions team who put up 30 uh, and then you saw the Lions go out and they traded their free safety. And we'll actually get into that later. I know you have a point about that. I do. I looked, I, I've got a lot on that. Um, so we'll talk about that later. But obviously this shows that the Vikings offense got it back together. Um, the last two weeks now, I believe they've been putting up points. Um, I've talked a lot throughout these podcasts about the weapons that I like on that offense. Their line has been better than it was last year. Lions, on the other hand, their offense has actually looked pretty good. And I, don't, I think this is more of an outlier game for their defense. I still like that defense quite a bit with Darius Slay um, and those other guys on that defense. I think they'll be a middling team. They're always like an 8-8 eight eight team. I think they're going to be like that again this year. Yeah. Um, Maybe not a playoff team in the NFC. Um, yeah. NFC is definitely stronger than the NFC this year, but or the AFC, sorry. Um, but, I mean, Dalvin Cook was awesome. 140 yeah. yards of offense. Um, you know, he's been a top three back all year, arguably. Um, Kirk Cousins, again, played well. Um, I think he's leading the league yeah. in a lot of surprising stat. Statistics. I think in he's leading the league in QBR up to now, which is very surprising. I think weeks one through three he was awful, and then he kind of turned it around. Um, 
they ran a lot of play action off of the run game. When you have Dalvin Cook running the ball like that, I think it's easy to kind of get defenses sucking in. And so it opens up a lot of throwing lanes for Kirk Cousins, I think, which helps a lot. He wasn't sacked once this game. Um, he, has a, he has the most time to throw on drop bags in the league, over three seconds. So that kind of is a testament to that Minnesota offensive line. And if a quarterback has time to throw, an above-average quarterback, he's going to put up stats. So um, That's just crazy that they're offensive line because they were one of the worst in the league last year. Yeah, they've, they've kind of they've shorted up, yeah. Yeah. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. had a huge game for the Lions. Was that four touchdowns? Four touchdowns. Or was it? Yeah, it was four. I think he had all four of their touchdowns. Yeah. Um, Kerryon Johnson went out hurt, which kind of hurt that offense. Um, they really couldn't run the ball much, Stafford. Kind of had it all thrown on to him, trying to catch up in this one. Um, just a lot of offense, which wasn't necessarily what we were expecting, given the two defenses. Um, but it's kind of a throwaway for the Lions for me. I still think that's a good football team. The Vikings kind of took care of business. Um, but I expect the Lions to bounce back this week against the, the Giants. Like you mentioned with Carrion Johnson out, I think that's going to be an interesting storyline to look um, to look at. Uh, they have Ty Johnson, a rookie, but I mean their running game has been awful the entire year. I think they're one of the bottom in the league. Yeah. Stafford's been great, but they have nothing to help them out in the running game. So Yeah, it's tough. That's going to handcuff them going forward. The Colts at home scored 30, beat the Texans. Um, so Colts 30, Texans 23. Texans secondary didn't play very well. Brissett kind of tore them up. Um, Watson was sacked three times and pressured throughout, kind of made a few bad decisions, a few bad throws. Um Darius Leonard had a big game. He had a big pick at one point. Um, so his presence kind of helped that Colts defense a little bit. Um, and I mean, like I said, Brissett just continues to prove that he's an above average. He's a good quarterback in this league. Um, the Colts, I mean, they're just all around. They're a good football team. They can run the ball with Marlon Mack. Um, they're solid defensively when they're healthy. And if, if you get pressure on a quarterback, then they're going to make mistakes regardless of who it is. So... And obviously the Texans O line didn't, you know, help Watson out a ton. That's one of their probably their biggest weakness. Um, so I'm not, I don't know about the Texans at this point. I mean, I was riding high on them to start the year, and I thought Watson was gonna kind of have a breakout year. He's, I mean, he put up the stats, but when he doesn't have time to throw, it's a completely different football team. So seems like one of those teams that's gonna be up and down offensively all year because they have the weapons to put up 40 points a game. Yeah. It's just, is it going to come together every week? How's that offensive line going to perform? They're very up and down. They're bad against good defensive lines. So, um, yeah, that'll, that's it, it just depends on the matchups for them, really. I think against bad defenses, they're going to score a lot. Against good defenses, it'll be like this, put up around 20, 25 points in a game. For me, um, I, really like, I really like this Colts team. Their defense has been hurt um, the past couple of weeks. They're finally back together. They held a good offense to only 23 points. Um and, you know, the talk the entire year was, you know, Andrew Luck's gone. Um, and I talked a lot in the first couple of podcasts we did how the line was just overinflated in the opposite direction where they were just completely undervalued. And they hit a lot early on, and now they're starting to hit a lot still because, they you know, they look good under Brissett. Their defense is solid. They have a good offensive line. That's just a very good team. Um, I think them and the Saints are pretty comparable this year in that they lost their starting quarterback for a while. Um, and they have these guys come in that are known as game managers who have just put up stats, looked really good, and kind of carried that offense to victories. And those are two teams with good defenses. Um, so I like betting on those teams because they they tend to keep um, they tend to cover the spread. I don't know what it is this year, but both the Colts and the Saints have been good against the spread. So that's something to keep in mind going forward. 
Um, the next game we had the Bears put up 25 points. Saints beat them 36-25. Um, you were on the Saints last week. I was on the Bears. That did not work out. My biggest takeaway is, I mean, that Bears offense is terrible. Mitch Trubisky is really bad. Their, often, their play calling is one of the worst in the league. I do not like Matt Nagy as a coach. I think he needs to go sooner than later. And I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. I think they're going to come out on top of the NFC. Um, looking like they might get Drew Brees back this week. Even if they don't, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is more than serviceable. He's a probably a top 15 quarterback in the league, um, I would argue. And they have a great offensive line, really good defense that has been solid all year long. Um, and the Bears on the other side, their defense hasn't looked like it did last year. And this is a team that won 12 games last year. And they're, yeah. just, they're just looking terrible. So, um I don't know. That Bears offense is bad. Yeah, I mean, Trubisky kind of showed us again that he's a below-average starting quarterback. The Bears traded up to draft him, which looks kind of dumb in hindsight, but it is what it is at this point. I don't know that it's Matt Nagy so much as just that team isn't built to run the system he wants to run. Um, It just doesn't really work, which, I mean, they just need a new coach, new personnel. Something has to change if they're going to turn things around. Defensively, they've been fine throughout the year they've kind of been touted as one of the league's best defenses they obviously gave up 36 this last week to the saints and i think that's more so a testament to the saints offense than it is necessarily the bears defense um kamara didn't play latavius murray had a big game um and again bridgewater played well um i like the saints going forward i think they're in a pretty good spot breeze is they're talking about him possibly coming back this week but they're playing arizona which is a game they should win pretty handily um then they're going into a bye week next week. So, you know, they've, I think they'll probably let Breeze sit out this week, kind of get him right going into, I guess it'd be week 10 at that point. Mm-hmm. So, Saints are in a good spot. They're looking like the front runner on the NFC right now. So, it's crazy how much depth they have, too. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is your backup quarterback. And then, yeah. Latavius Murray, obviously, more than service. Yeah, we can, I mean, we side. talked about Bridgewater. They paid him to come in and be their backup. He passed up some other opportunities to go start other places. Right. Um, and so, it's, it's all kind of just worked out the way. You know, they they envisioned it happening if Breeze went down. So, yeah. Um, Ravens put up 30 on the road against Seattle um, to Seattle's 16. Um, I mean, really, this was just the Lamar Jackson kind of show-out game. He was awesome. He put up, I don't know how many yards he had rushing, but a huge rushing game. Um, he made, you know, a number of big plays that just kind of, their jaw drops. Um one of the fastest guys on the field. and He just keeps plays alive. Yeah. I mean, I was watching some of that game, and I think it was like fourth down. They had a couple yards to go. He drops back to pass. Seahawks get pressure on him. He just rolls out, and he literally outran like a defensive end yeah. by a lot. He's quick. He's yeah. very fast. And, you know, I was surprised that, you know, Russell Wilson wasn't able to really, you know, keep them closer in this game. Um, it was rainy and wet up in Seattle, but, you know, you kind of – expect Russell to pull out games like that at home but it's got I mean obviously impressed with the Ravens defense only allowing 16 um that's a good road win for them I think that mm-hmm. kind of puts them back on track a little bit they'd kind of beat up on some not so good teams so far and then in bigger games against you know better competition they didn't really show up so that's kind of a good statement win for them on the road yeah that's a really good win for them uh, I'm not too worried about it with the Seahawks only putting up 16 I think they're going to be fine they're still one of the best teams in the NFC I think Russell Wilson is continuing uh, to be leading the MVP race. We'll see how that plays out. Ravens are just very up and down. I don't know. They're they're a hard team to bet on, really, just because you know they have weeks where they look fantastic. Yeah. They have other weeks where they're kind of 
down in the dumps, can't get much going. Lamar Jackson still hasn't shown that he's going to be consistent from week to week. Um, and defenses are going to give him different looks. So Yeah, it's just it, a lot of variance with the Baltimore. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Lamar develops and, and uh, if he can become a consistent quarterback who can do something like this every week. Uh, we have the Cowboys, Sunday Night Football game, put up 37 at home, beat the Eagles 37-10. to 10. Uh, The Eagles did not look good at all. I mean, their secondary at this point, I think it's fair to say, is one of the worst in the league. They got torn apart. Um, they have a good run defense, but if you can't stop the pass, I mean, it's a passing league, and that's going to be tough to keep in games. And offensively, it's just it's a mess, really. Everything about the Eagles I just don't like. Um I mean, it's a team that made the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, coming in with high expectations. You expect them to be a playoff team. You expect them to be really good, and I'm not sure that's what we have this year. Their offense has looked bad. Their offensive line has looked n- not very good. Um, Zach Ertz hasn't been what he what he was in years past. I think people are starting to talk whether or not uh, he's on the decline, if he's hurt maybe. Um, I don't know if Carson Wentz is necessarily the answer. When he's good, he looks really good, but when he's bad, he's just off. The receivers haven't been very good. I mean, just every aspect of this team has kind of been playing. I don't know. Yeah, they're banged up too, which I think is part of it, um, especially offensively. Um, Alshon Jeffrey hasn't quite looked the same this year. Deshaun Jackson went down after a big first couple of weeks. Um, obviously, Ertz, like you said, hasn't really shown up. I think this was – I was on the Cowboys last week, and it was more so I just thought they were a more talented football team in kind of a must-win um, in this NFC East. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a good kind of statement win for the Cowboys. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily fading the Eagles at this point. I still think that they're, you know, a good football team. I'm kind of backing Carson Wentz. I think that he'll kind of get them right this coming week. Um, you know, he's a really good quarterback, and he led them to a Super Bowl a couple years ago after obviously went down and Foles kind of finished things off for him. But um, I think it's a team that just needs to get healthy, and once that happens, they will be a lot better as we go forward. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, um, just kind of parlaying that Eagles talk. We're going to go right into best bets. This week, Keaton had the first overall pick. Uh, he still gave us his pick, so we'll kind of talk for him. Uh, he gave us some of his thoughts. Uh, so the order is going to be Keaton, myself, and then Cade. Uh, Keaton had the first pick, and... His favorite pick of the week is actually going to be the Eagles team that we were just talking about. At uh, Sorry, on the road in Buffalo, they are getting two and a half points. Um, I know you like the Eagles as well. Do you want me to give Keaton's points or do you have them? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead and give Eagles or Keaton's points and okay. I'll kind of play off that. So Keaton likes this game um, because the Eagles are coming off an embarrassing loss and basically the line is overinflated towards Buffalo. He thinks that should be a closer game. Uh, sorry, a closer line than it is. He doesn't think the Eagles should be getting two and a half points. Um, Buffalo is currently the worst 5-1 team in NFL history, according to DVOA. Uh, this is a team that only beat the Dolphins by 10 points last week, one of the worst teams possibly in history. The Dolphins have been terrible. Um, the five teams that the Bills have beat have a combined six wins. Um, and then another point, of course, is that the, the biggest weakness on that Eagles team is their secondary, and is Josh Allen the guy, to, the guy to expose that? Probably not. He hasn't looked very accurate. Um, that's just a Buffalo team that struggles to score. Um, so Keen thinks that the offense is going to be able to put up points on that defense, and Buffalo's going to have a hard time scoring. Um, and also another point that uh, Keen wants to make is that the Eagles, if you think that they're a playoff team, this is a game that they have to win. 
Um, what they've been doing recently, they have to get a win in Buffalo or else they're just completely out of it. Um, so if you like this team, if you think they're a playoff team, if you think they're good like they were when they made the Super Bowl a couple years ago, then you're getting two and a half points. Keaton likes them on the road. Yeah, and I do as well. If Keaton hadn't have taken them with his first pick, they were probably going to be mine. Um, it really is a must-win game. It, it was a terrible loss last week. Um, and yes, the Bills are good defensively, but I think this is kind of a Carson Wentz, grind it out, get a win somehow type of game, regardless of how banged up they may be. And I just really like the value. I'm getting two and a half points. Um, and I think it's going to be, I think it's possibly a low scoring game that the Eagles end up pulling out 17 to 10, something like that. Um, kind of a sneaky stat here. Buffalo is ranked 23rd against the rush. And people really obviously love that defense. And I do think that they are good. They kind of pass the eye test, but the numbers don't necessarily back it up in this case. And obviously they played one of the worst schedules so far this year. Um, all their wins coming against not so great football teams. Um, so yeah, I think that you're getting awesome value with the Eagles here. And I like the getting two and a half points on the road. So personally, I actually don't like this as much as you two. When I first look at it, my thought was, oh, it's the Eagles. They're good. They're getting two and a half points on the road. I'm going to take them. The more I looked into it, though, I just I kind of buy that this Eagles team is kind of all over the place right now. They don't really have it figured out. It feels like it's kind of falling apart um, to the point where the Eagles have a bad secondary and Josh Allen can't exploit it. I'm not sure I agree with that just because Josh Allen has one of the strongest arms in the NFL. And, yeah, he's not the most accurate quarterback. Um, he's not going to throw for the most yards every week, but he is a guy who can make a play down the field. I think John Brown is going to get a long touchdown in this game just because the Eagles' secondary has been so bad. Um, and, on, and on the other side of it, I think Buffalo has one of the best, if not the best, secondaries. Probably not the best because of the Patriots, but one of the best second secondaries in the NFL. So I think the Eagles are going to have a hard time throwing the ball. And you mentioned Buffalo's run defense, but the Eagles have struggled to run the ball all year. Uh, with Miles Sanders and those guys back there. So that offense has just not looked good all year. Um, I don't like the Eagles' defense. I'm going to take Buffalo laying two and a half at home just because I trust their defense a lot more than I trust any aspect of that Eagles team. And I think Josh Allen's going to be able to exploit that secondary more than people think. Um, and I'm, I don't know. I've talked to a lot of people about this game, and it seems like everybody loves the Eagles getting points. But it almost feels like, a, like I don't know, like a reverse trap game maybe where yeah. everybody likes the Eagles getting points against the Bills. I guess my biggest thing is, I mean, the Bills are 5-1 and one at this point. It's hard for me to see them at 6-1. and one. I know there's it's more of a gut thing than anything. I just don't see the Bills being 6-1 and one after eight weeks. So Yeah, um, I mean, it would be tough to see them 5-1 and one too. Or along that note, I mean, seeing the Niners 6-0, and oh, I mean, you don't really expect it to happen, but... Yeah, yeah. I just I think this is probably one of their biggest tests so far with the Eagles. Um, and, yeah, I think that this will kind of show us a lot about this Bills team going forward, if they're legit or not. So, yeah, we'll see. Second pick went to me. So I mentioned earlier my concerns with the Chiefs team. So I'm actually going to take the Packers laying four points on the road in Kansas City. To me, this is just, I mean, you have to kind of consider, for, for, from Vegas's point of view, how many – points is Patrick Mahomes worth to the spread I think if he was healthy this would probably be Chiefs laying three points at home just like a pick them on neutral field that sounds about right yeah probably that or teams. maybe four or something like that I mean it's probably all together six seven point swings right like that so they're saying he's probably about a seven maybe eight point swing and that sounds probably about right um but 
I mean, I've heard talk. I was listening to some podcasts where they think he might he might be worth up to like ten points to the spread. Like he's been that good, and it's also it's relative to the Chiefs' offense. I mean, he's almost all they have. Yeah. Obviously, they have those weapons like Tyreek Hill and those young uh, fast wide receivers, but they kind of struggle to run the ball. Um, Lashawn McCoy's getting older. He looks he actually looked pretty good last week on a couple of the runs I saw. I didn't watch much of the. Um, I think it turned off like halftime or something. But in the in the first half, he looked solid. Um, but with that being said, you don't have Patrick Mahomes. How's the offense going to respond? We don't really know. Matt Moore only put up one offensive touchdown last week. We talked about that. Uh, plus, they have a really banged-up offensive line. I think the Packers are going to be able to get pressure on him, and he's not a mobile quarterback. Um, so basically, I think this Chiefs offense is really going to struggle to find its identity without Patty Mahomes out there. And then on the other side of it, uh, this Chiefs defense is one of the worst in the league, especially when it comes against the run. And I really like this Packers run uh, run offense. They have a really good offensive line. They have two of the best young running backs in the game, one of the best tandems in the game with uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I really like both of those guys. And I'm pretty sure the Chiefs have the worst run D, or at least close to the worst run D in the NFL. Um, and plus, I mean, we saw the Chiefs last week put pressure on Joe Flacco with that Denver offensive line, but I think Green Bay's offensive line is head and shoulders above that. I think they're going to give Rodgers time. We were talking about how the Chiefs were the worst pass rush coming into last week. Um, that's probably changed since they did well last week in that aspect. But I think Rodgers is going to have time. I think he's going to tear this defense apart. I honestly think this is going to be a blowout. If this this line could be Packers lane probably up to about six and a half, and I would still bet it uh, because I think they're going to win by at least seven points. I, I don't see this game being close. Yeah, KC's rush defense ranked 29th in the league, so they are one of the worst. And like you said, I – Love the Packers rushing game. That's kind of what gets them going. Um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers had a huge game last week. I think he counted for six touchdowns altogether. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's only four points. They're on the road, obviously. Um, Matt Moore's kind of had the whole week to prepare. But again, he's not even close to what Mahomes is for that offense. So I think they struggle to get things going offensively. And I think it's kind of a, yeah, like you said, a big win for the Packers here. So I love the Packers minus four. Um, and, yeah, I'd take it all day. Yeah. So you got two picks back-to-back coming up here? I do. So I had, with my first pick, I am taking the Jets plus six on the road against Jacksonville. Um, and really I'm banking on the Jets defense here. They're ranked 10th overall, six versus the run. Um, and the Jags defense has kind of been quietly mediocre. Ninth against the pass, obviously no more Jalen Ramsey. 27th against the run, 17th overall. Um, I think it's a game where the Jets can kind of run the ball, control it, um, and let their defense kind of win it for them. And, you know, if they put up 17 points and I don't know. I, I, I just don't see Jacksonville getting to, you know, 20s, 30s in points. I think that six points is a lot here. Um, Jags played a close game last week against Cincinnati, and they finally put up 18 in the fourth quarter to kind of pull away, including a late pick six. So that thing was close throughout, and Cincinnati's not a good football team. They're really bad defensively, and the Jags couldn't really get anything going offensively. So I just don't see them as six points better than Jacksonville. Or Sorry, I don't see Jacksonville as six points better than the Jets. I think it's a game that the Jets could easily win, especially after a kind of a you know, bad loss against the Patriots last week. I think it's a bounce-back game for them. Um, I love the value. Yeah, we kind of talked about this game before the podcast. I was on the fence with it. I don't know why. I just I have a feeling about Jacksonville. Um, that being said, I am taking the Jets for the reasons you mentioned, but I think it is worth noting. 
Uh, I think we looked at the Jets' offensive line. It's one of the worst in the league, um, yeah. statistics-wise. And I think that's a deep Jacksonville defensive front that can kind of put pressure on Darnold. So my biggest concern for this game would be that Darnold gets pressured. He does what he did last week and kind of just throws the ball in the air. He sees some more ghosts. Like yeah. Said. Good he see, Lord. He sees some ghosts and throws it to him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I have my concerns with this game. It's not a strong lean for me. I think what it comes down to is that Jacksonville is not the same defensively as they have been in recent history. And I think they've been pretty bad against the run. And I think that, I mean, with Le'Veon Bell, I think this could be a game where he kind of makes a statement in a Jets uniform. Yeah, he hasn't really done a whole lot to this point. Yeah, I mean, so. he's been quietly solid, but that offense around him has just been so terrible. It's almost under the radar. So um, I'm, I guess I'm kind of banking on that and the fact that Jacksonville is just, their defense doesn't look very good. They lost Jalen Ramsey. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. I think the Jets will be able to expose that. Um, I think it, this could be a low-scoring game. You know, in low-scoring games, it's usually pretty smart to take the team getting points, especially if it's a significant amount, like it is here with six. So I'm also taking the Jets uh, on the road. Yeah, and I think another thing to mention, you see a lot of Jaguars drives that kind of end with, you know, Fournette running the ball three times, just kind of being bottled up. Um, so I don't know. I think that with that Jets run defense, they can kind of yeah. quiet him and force Minshew to make plays. And I just I, I think that defense is good enough to kind of handle it, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, my second pick this week, I am getting the Colts laying four at home against Denver. This line was six last night when I originally took it, so it's down to four, and I love it. Um, Indy is just a very balanced team offensively. They can run the ball with Marlon Mack. Brissett has been awesome so far, and I just like them to score against Denver here. Denver looked pretty bad against KC last week. Obviously, you know, they KC put up 30 on them, um, even after Mahomes went out, so... And then the Colts um, beat Houston pretty convincingly last week. It was a good win for them in the AFC South to kind of establish themselves as the frontrunner there. Um, Malik Hooker is coming back this week. Um, Darius Leonard's healthy again. This is his second straight week starting. Um, I just like how the defense is kind of starting to round back into form, and I think that they will shut down that Denver offense, which has been just atrocious so far. Um, Flacco, obviously, like we said, sacked eight times last week. Against a bad pass rush. Yeah, and so I think the Colts kind of get after him a little bit here. Um, So I like the Colts' defense against the bad offense, and I think that the Colts can put up points here, and I'm only laying four. So I like the value, and I am hard on the Colts. Hard on. Sorry about it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I like the Colts too for the same reasons you said, so I won't double up on that. But the one thing I will say is that this line, like you mentioned, it was six last night. The Colts were laying six, and now it's down to four. And when they were laying six, I was kind of looking at Denver like, eh, I mean, that's a lot of points. Yeah, that must mean there was action on Denver, you know, between now and then to get it down to four. I don't. Denver on the road, I don't get it. I really like the Colts at four. If this line was four last night when we made these picks, I don't think I would have taken them them in front of the Packers pick I had, but it would have been up there. Um, So, yeah, I love that line as well. I think Colts minus four is a really good line. Uh, moving on to my second pick, I'm taking the Carolina Panthers on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. The Panthers are getting five and a half points. Um, and to me, I just think that's too high. I think on a neutral field, are the Niners two and a half points better than the Panthers? I tend to think no, just because honestly, these teams are kind of similar in my eyes. Um, two teams with good defenses, um, and the offense is kind of up and down, a bit of a question mark, especially with the Panthers having Kyle Allen. He's looked good, but will he be consistent week to week, facing a good defense? I'm not as sure about that, but what I am sure about with the Panthers is that their defense is one of the best in the league. 
I think we were looking, they have like the second best secondary statistics wise. Yeah, third like best third in the league. Best. Yeah. Um, so I love that secondary. I don't think Jimmy G is going to be able to throw it downfield with ease. Um, I, I think the Panthers are going to be able to get pressure on him. And frankly, I just don't think we're, we really know what this Niners team is. It just feels like that team where, yes, they're 6-0, and but they have played by far the weakest schedule in the NFL. There's like a statistic that tracks strength of schedule, and they were head and shoulders. They had the weakest schedule so far. Um, so I think because of that and because they're 6-0, and this line is a bit inflated towards them. Um, yes, I like the Niners' defense, but their offense has question marks. And the Panthers are the same way. I love their defense. Offense has question marks. To me, that means it's probably, it might be a low-scoring game. And so I'm going to take the five and a half points there. Plus, I have the Panthers coming off of a bye. It gives them more time to prepare. And I just think the Niners just might be overrated right now. We talked earlier, starting the season, they were consi- their over-under for wins was like eight, I think. Um, so they were a little bit undervalued to start the year. And now they're, it's almost to the point where they're overvalued. So I'm going to take the Panthers plus five and a half. I think that's a good football team. Yeah, I, I'm with you here. I like the Panthers plus five and a half. Um, obviously the third best defense in the league, as we just mentioned, third best pass defense as well. What's kind of interesting to me, they have the 30th ranked rushing defense, which doesn't really add up when you're looking at it. But I think that's probably the biggest concern here is if San Francisco can run the ball against Carolina, kind of control the clock, um, that could be you know kind of a – tipping point but I'm getting five and a half points in what I think could potentially be a low scoring game um I think Kyle Allen's fine it's kind of a I think it's kind of a game manager here um and if they can keep it close I think five and a half is just a lot of points and uh I think the Carolina defense is good enough to get the job done we saw we saw Jimmy G in that offense um I think it was week three week four they played the Steelers and they turned the ball over like five times it was just a weird game lots of fumbles Mm -hmm. um and obviously, I think that this Panthers defense is a lot better than that Steelers defense. So um, I could see something similar going on this week. A lot of turnovers. It feels like to me like that Niners offense has had more bad weeks than they have good weeks almost. Yeah, and obviously a lot of it's strength schedule like you mentioned. Um, but, I mean, the, the Niners lose at some point. I think this could very well be the week. So Yeah, I want to be surprised that the Panthers took them straight up. Yeah, so I, I like the Panthers here as well. King's second pick, he's uh, going to take the New York football Giants on the road in Detroit. Giants are getting six points. Uh, Detroit is currently 27th in pass rush and 28th in rushing yards allowed. Um, That defense, they tend to rush um, three or four people, and they play man. Uh, So King thinks that Danny Dimes is going to have time to throw and exploit that, that secondary. Um, They just traded Quandre Quandre Diggs. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, which does that mean that they're tanking? Possibly. Um, it just seems like a weird move for that team on the surface without looking into it. Um, Evan Ingram poses a big matchup problem for this team. Uh, and, I mean, the Giants have the best offensive player on the field in Saquon Barkley. Um, plus, that's a Lions offense that hasn't run the ball well. They just lost on Johnson. Are they going to be able to move the ball against a bad Giants team? Uh, that's, that's yet to be seen. Obviously, Stafford has been good but it looks like they won't be able to run the ball very well. So with all that said, Keaton is taking the Giants plus six. Uh, unfortunately, Kate and I are both taking the Lions, so I will let you start. Yeah, so I am hard on the Lions here. Hard on, hard on again. What do you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that Stafford can should be able to kind of pick apart that defense with these. The Giants' defense is ranked 27th against the pass. Detroit has the fourth-ranked passing offense. The Giants' offense is not high-powered enough to do much against this Lions' defense, I don't think. 
Um, Matt Patricia, the Lions head coach, is kind of a defensive-minded guy. And I think that he absolutely puts a game plan together to kind of take away Saquon and make Daniel Jones beat you. And the Giants have the 29th-ranked pass offense. They're getting Evan Ingram back, obviously. I think Sterling Shepard is slated to play, possibly. Um, So they might have a couple more weapons on the outside. But I think that the Lions can handle it. And I think that they are six points better. Talk about the Diggs, though. And so Quandre Diggs, the Lions, starting strong safety. That was pretty safety. Um, I think he's their strong safety. Um, Stupid. So he was traded this last week to the Seahawks for a fifth rounder. Um, And a lot of people have kind of been leaning in, thinking that this is a – it is kind of a weird move on the surface. Are they tanking? Why are they getting rid of a starting guy on defense? Um, But kind of looking into it, I was kind of intrigued by it. And Diggs has not been good this year so far. He was a converted corner coming out of Texas, drafted in in the fifth round, I think it was. Um, he started playing safety towards the end of 2017. His first full year at safety was in 2018. He was an alternate for the Pro Bowl, had a really good year. So this is his second full year playing that position. He's kind of an undersized, slower guy. Um, He was ranked 58th among safeties in tackling efficiency, according to Pro Football Focus, and 61st overall as a safety. So that puts you in the bottom tier of the league at the position. Um... And on top of that, this is kind of a cap clear for them. They're clearing $3.5 million going into next year. Um, and then they have guy, they have Tracy Walker is another safety who can kind of step in. Tavon Wilson, who has been with the Lions for the last four years and was with Matt Patricia in New England prior to his stint with Detroit. And then they have rookie Will Harris, who will kind of take a, a bigger role. He's a third rounder this last year. So overall, I think they're getting rid of a guy while his value is still kind of higher than what they think it's at. He's been hurt a little bit this year, too, Diggs has. Um, so they're getting a fifth-rounder back for him. I think it was just kind of a cut-bait-and-clear-cap move. I don't think that it signals a whole lot to me necessarily after looking into it. So I'm on the Lions here. Yeah, when you told me that earlier about Diggs, because, I mean, that's a move that you look at. Like This is a team that is in the playoff hunt. Like, I mean, that's a pretty good football team. And for them to trade a starter like that, it's kind of just a head-scratcher. Like, wait, what are they doing? Like, what are they trying to do? Um, but, yeah, once you look into it, it, it seems clear that they were just ready to move on from him. I mean, is that a guy that they cut if they don't get a trade for him? Maybe. I mean, he's been that bad. I mean, 60th out of safeties. Yeah, and that's I think that's that statistic is um, factoring in safeties that have played over 50% of the team's snaps. So, I mean, it's guys that are in the defense week to week. And, I mean, you, you think each team has two starting safeties. And that's like the last one of the worst in the league. So... Right. Um, I mean, I want to trade a fifth-round pick for that. Yeah, and I guess a good point Keaton did make, it's hard to know what that does to a locker room. I know Darius Slay kind of spoke out about it after the fact. He wasn't happy about it. I know there are other um, Lions players that had similar feelings, so it's hard to know if that's kind of a demoralizing thing going into this week. But talent-wise, I don't think they're losing a whole lot, and that's kind of what I'm you know, banking on here. Yep, I'm with you for the same reasons, uh, and I also I just think that Stafford is going to be able to tear apart the Giants' secondary. I think they're one of the worst secondaries in the league, and Stafford has been great. He's looked really, really good. Like we talked about earlier, he's he's uh, putting up numbers. Um, I think he's going to be able to move the ball. Obviously, that run offense is a, is a problem. They haven't been able to get much going. Um, maybe this is somewhere where Ty Johnson or, or one of those young backs can get something going and kind of take the lead, take, take the lead back role there um, because that's not a good Giants defense at all. Um, so I see where Keane's coming from. I mean, 
the Giants have the weapons to put up points. Um, I, I am with you in trusting the Lions' offense more than the Giants' offense and their defense. I just think they're a better team. Are we putting 100 bucks on this against Keaton? Against Keaton? Well, he's not here to confirm, but we'll, well talk it's, to him. Well, it's a best bet, so I think that... That's right. The rules say. So I'm putting 100 bucks on this one. So am I. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the money, Keaton. That sucks for him. He doesn't <laughs> even know he's betting 200 bucks. Sorry, Keaton. We'll let him know. All right, um, so that goes into Keaton's second pick. He is taking the New England Patriots. The, so last night when we did the draft, this line was at Patriots were laying 13. It is currently down to 11.5, so he's going to be pleasantly surprised. He is currently in Washington State, so he can't even access these lines right now. Um, but, yeah, Patriots are only laying 11.5 now. Um, so I'll just pretend like I'm Keaton and I'm going to talk for a little bit, and, and I'm Keaton, okay? So Hey, Keaton. Hey, man. Here goes. Um this is the biggest coaching mismatch of the entire year. It's the best coach in the NFL against the worst coach in the NFL. Um, oh, jeez. Sorry, his notes are hard to read. So, bye weeks are great for well-coached teams, and Cleveland isn't well-coached, so this doesn't do much for them in their eyes coming off of a bye. Um, Baker Mayfield against pressure is absolutely terrible, and New England is probably the best defense in all of history. That's a bit of an overstatement because Keaton loves him. But, Close. <laughs> but uh, that defense is great. Uh, Baker needs time to be good, and New England will not give him time. Um, we've seen Cleveland against the second-best defense in the NFL in San Francisco. That's a that's a bold statement there, Keaton. Um, and that went really well for San Francisco. So he doesn't think that Cleveland—I don't, sorry, think that Cleveland's going to respond well uh, when they can't run, and New England is eighth against the run. So basically it's a lot of points, but I'm taking the Patriots because they're the best football team to ever exist. Yeah, I'm with him 100%. I think the Patriots, it's only 11.5 points, and I don't think that the Browns' defense is good. I think the Patriots put up points, um, and I think the New England defense just eats up Baker. Um, The Browns already have trouble protecting him, like Keaton said, and the Patriots are going to get after him. Um, It's a lot of points, and it's potentially a just go go get a win game for the Pats, which would be the only thing that kind of shies me away from it. But I like it too. and I just think the Cleveland offense is kind of a wild card, which is why I'd probably stay away if I had to put money on it. But I would lean with the Patriots. It's really hard to try to talk to somebody else, by the way. That was weird. Yeah. Have you ever tried that? I haven't, no. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I too am going to take the Patriots. Well, I say that, but I don't love it. Um, this is It just feels almost like a trap game in the sense that the Patriots in spots kind of – they, they've, they've let down in spots like this before is what I'm trying to say. Like last year against the, the Lions, they were favored by like a lot. Ended up losing that game straight up. I don't think that's going to happen. I think I even think they're going to cover. It's just not a game I want to bet. I think the Patriots are way better for all the reasons we've already talked about. Um, but this Browns offense does have weapons, and they haven't put it together yet. And I feel like at some point they might. That's not a very strong statement for me. But, I mean, they have the guys that do it. Um, I just, yeah, I agree that's not going to be this week. Um, and going down from 13 to 11 and a half is pretty big. I like that jump down. So I too am going to be taking the Patriots minus 11 and a half against Freddie Kitchens Browns. That goes to my third best bet. I am taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are on the road against the Titans. Uh, the Buccaneers are getting two and a half points. Um, this is a, the second team in a row I've picked coming off of a bye last week. So I really like that for their preparation. Um, we've talked. I mean, I've harped on it the entire year, just how fantastic that Buccaneers run defense is. 
and that is Tennessee's bread and butter on offense. They're kind of give the ball to Derrick Henry and then do some play action and work off of that. If you can't get the run game going, though, against that Bucks front seven, I think it's going to be tough to get into any sort of rhythm on offense. Um, so I think the Bucks are going to be able to, to keep the Titans um, to not scoring very many points. And, I mean, you have Ryan Tannehill back there, and he's not a guy that I trust to light up a defense. The Bucks secondary has been their weakest, or sorry, their weakness. Um, but Tannehill isn't a guy that I want to bet on to take advantage of that. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, the Titans have a good defense. I'll give them that. Um, and the Bucks' offense has been very up and down. So it is kind of a scary bet in that sense. Um, but the Bucks have a top statistical wide receiver right now, Chris Godwin, who has had an absolute breakout year. Um, so defenses aren't really able to kind of focus in on Mike Evans um, like they did unless they want to get burned by Chris Godwin. I think that kind of really opens up the passing game for them. I wish they had a better quarterback because I think this team would be pretty dang good with somebody who wasn't Jameis Winston. But I've said it before, he's a very up-and-down guy, and he has those weeks where he goes off for 350 yards and four touchdowns. I'm not saying he's going to put up that good of a game against the Titans, but I think he um, they will be able to put up enough points to cover two and a half. I think this could be low scoring just because I like the defenses of both teams better than the offenses, and I think the Bucks aren't going to let the Titans get anything. Um, but I just I, I don't necessarily think the Bucks should be getting points here, so I like taking them plus two and a half. I like it too. Um, I don't have a ton on this one necessarily, but like you said, I think Tennessee needs to run the ball and control it and play defense in order to win this thing, and I don't think they're going to be able to against the Bucks. They have the number one ranked rush defense, um, according to DVOA. And that's um, obvious when you watch them too. I mean, well, wasn't it like they had a string where they faced like Christian McCaffrey and Camara mm-hmm. or something? Just like yeah. some of the best running backs in the game, and they just stuff them down. I mean, they played good running backs, and to be first in DVOA is impressive. Yeah, so I, I love that rush defense. And I think Tennessee's biggest chance here to win the football game is to get Jameis to turn the ball over. Um, and obviously that's kind of something scary going into every week. You never know what you're going to get from this guy. He threw five picks a couple weeks ago. Um so that's really what you're kind of banking on if you're taking Tennessee here, which is always a possibility. But I like that Tennessee, or the sorry, I like the Tampa defense more than I like Tennessee's offense, and I think that that's just a big mismatch. And I'm taking the points with the Bucks. Good, good. Let's go in. We have four more games to cover. No, I got my last best bet, yo. Just kidding. Go ahead, buddy. I've got Arizona plus ten and a half at New Orleans. Um, I think that Arizona's going to be able to score in this game. I like Kyler in a dome a lot. Um, last week he was in the rain against that Giants, and they put up a few points. It was a bad Giants defense, obviously. Um, but I think Kyler kind of has a big game this week. Um, the Saints are heading into a bye week next week, as we mentioned, and Breeze will be back coming soon. So I think this is kind of just a come into this week, try and get a win, and 10.5 points is a lot of points. So I like them keeping it close here. Um, and Arizona's rushing game has kind of been their strength. Chase Edmonds was good last week. Um, David Johnson's still a little banged up, so I'm not super worried about that necessarily. I think they've got a guy that can kind of step up. Um, and then obviously Arizona's not great defensively, but I think they have the potential to just put up a lot of points to keep this one close. So I like the value. Um, it's a lot of points here, and I like that Arizona offense. Yeah, I don't have a strong lean in this game, so I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not putting any money on it. And I, I'm, I'm honestly going against a lot of what I like to pick in games. When I get 10.5 points, I really like taking that for the underdog. But there's just something about this Saints team this year that I really like. Um, I think they're going to just absolutely demolish um, the Cardinals' defense. 
and put up a lot of points, I guess, is really what I'm banking on. And uh, yes, I like Kyler, but I really like this Saints defense. I think they're going to be able to get to him. Um, I guess I just don't necessarily trust, trust Kyler and Cliff to be able to put up points against that Saints defense, and I trust uh, Sean Payton and Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, is there talk that Drew Brees is, Drew Brees is playing? Yeah, it's possible. He he's listed as questionable, I think, but I don't know that it happens. Yeah, I mean, either way, whichever quarterback they start, I just I don't know what it is, but I really like the Saints team, so I don't mind laying the ten and a half. That's just a lean. I'm not going to bet this game, um, but I can see the value with the Cardinals at plus ten and a half as well. Yeah, and and I mentioned the Cardinals rushing game. They have the third-ranked rushing offense so far this year. So I like that on top of the fact that I think Kyler's going to go off. So I just think a lot of points, and I'm getting a lot of points. Yeah, Um, it's not a bad spot. Okay, now we can go into the next last four games. The Rams and Bengals are playing in London. Um, So the Rams are technically the home team, but it's in London, so are they the home team? Uh, They are laying 13 points. I don't want to bet this game because it's in London, and it's a huge spread. I circled the Rams because the Bengals are really bad and the Rams just took advantage of a terrible defense in Atlanta plus defenses don't travel well that's even worse for the Bengals so give me the Rams I guess yeah don't touch this game it's in London just kind of preface it do not touch London games I don't think it's smart to bet on these things and it's a lot of points too um I would take the Rams at gunpoint. I don't love it, though. 13 points is a lot. There is a gun to his head. Yeah, there is. He's holding one to my head right now. Um, Yeah, I think that Goff kind of goes off against this bad Cincinnati defense. They are arguably worse than that Falcons defense they played last week. I think it's another high-scoring game for the Rams. Um, So I'm not too worried about laying the 13, but, again, it's in London. I wouldn't touch it. It's going to be weird. London games are weird. Uh, we got the Bears laying four points at home against the Chargers. To me, I actually, it's not a strong lean, but it is a significant lean towards the Chargers because I do not think the Chicago Bears are one point better on a neutral field than any team in the NFL. Um, their offense has shown me nothing. Yes, that's a bad Chargers defense. This is also a Chargers team that starts slow every single year and then still ends up with nine or ten wins. Uh I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but I think that they have the pieces to pull off a, an upset victory. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they won straight up. So give me the Chargers and those four points. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one for me, but I think I'm going to take the Bears laying the four. Um, obviously kind of a bad loss last week at home against the Saints. I think it says a get-right one against the Chargers. Um, the Chargers defense is terrible compared to that Saints defense. I think that the Bears might be able to do a little bit, just run the ball and score points against the Chargers. I'm not laying a ton with four. Um, I just don't trust the Chargers at this point, so I will take the Bears. Uh, you want to put 25 bucks on it? Uh, yeah, yeah, we might as well. All right, 25. If Keen was here, there's no way that is bet that little amount, but he's not here. 25. 25 bucks. All right, uh, Texans laying six at home against the Raiders. What do you got? It's a tough one for me because Oakland's been a weird team all year and you're getting six points with them. Um, But again, it's on the road, and I think this is um, a game Houston's got to win if they're going to stay competitive in the AFC South with Indy. Um, So I think I would lean Houston here. Um, I don't think that Oakland pressures Watson. I think he kind of does what he does against that Oakland secondary. Um, I like their weapons offensively, obviously. And I think the Texans' defense holds up. I don't think that Derek Carr gets much going. Josh Jacobs is my biggest worry with the Oakland offense. I think that you know, he can do some things. But um, 
I think Houston wins this one convincingly, so I will lean Houston. I'm with you. This is another game that I actually like a decent amount, might put money on. I like the Texans in this spot. Uh, like you mentioned, the Raiders, they're not going to get to Watson. I think they have one of the worst um, pass rush pass rushes. Sorry, I don't know why it took me so long to think of that. I think they have one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL. Um, and that has been the weakness of the Texans is that offensive line and keeping Watson upright. So when, when they give him time, he exploits the secondary. This is a Raiders secondary that is one of the worst in the league. So I think Watson and those guys are going to go off. I wouldn't be surprised if they put up 50, especially at home um, in those confines. So give me the Texans minus six. And like you said, Josh Jacobs is the worry. I mean, I could see this Raiders team putting up points. I just think the Texans are going to put up a lot more. Weird little tidbit here. Oakland just traded their corner, Gary and Conley, to the Houston Texans on Monday. That's right. I saw that on Twitter. (laughs) So I don't really understand why... Now, I know the trade deadline's coming up here, I think, the end of this week. But you're trading a guy defensively to a team that... Give me a higher draft pick. I don't get it. I mean, Conley can kind of give them schemes, and Watson can kind of pick them apart. I just I love the matchup, and then that's just another weird little thing that kind of... Yeah, know. and we've seen how smart Watson is talking in those press conferences where he's yeah. just breaking down the defense. He's going to have a guy come in and be like, hey, here's what they're going to do. Yeah. So that is interesting. Good point. Uh, Pittsburgh laying 14 at home against the Dolphins. What you got? Um, I think I'm going to take the points in Miami here just because I don't think that Pittsburgh scores a whole lot. I think this could be a weird game where Miami gets a win. Um, I think Pittsburgh is coming off of a bye, which should help them out a little bit. But, um, you know, we saw Miami play competently against a good, you know, what we think of as a good Buffalo defense. Um, Fitzpatrick kind of sparks that offense a little bit. They're much better when he's under center um, as compared to Josh Rosen throughout the year. So, 14 is a lot of points. I don't see them losing by that much if they do, and I think it's a winnable game too, so I'm taking the points. Yeah, I am as well, and I think this was, we were talking with Keen, I think this was almost in his best bets, wasn't it? He was mm-hmm. talking about how he really likes the Dolphins getting 14 here, and I'm with that as well. Um, it's a team that's been playing hard. Um, Pittsburgh has been kind of up and down. They look better recently, especially that defense. I think their defense is actually pretty good. They started off the year really bad defensively. It's been this weird little turnaround for them. Um but 14 points, I'm getting two touchdowns. Uh, they lost to a Bills team that I think is better than the Steelers by 10. So give me the points. It's a lot. Uh, next, we'll go into our over-under segment um, where we pick an over or under on the score line, um, and we put 50 bucks on it. Yeah. So I've got Arizona and New Orleans, 47.5. I am taking the over. Like I said earlier, I think there's a lot of points here. I think the Cardinals can score, and I think New Orleans will do the same. Um, so yeah, I'm getting 10 and a half points. I think that, uh, I like that in my best bets and I like it here as my over under. Yep. That's not a bad bet. I am taking the Buccaneers and the Titans under is currently sitting at 45 and a half, which it, it, I don't know. It's a weird number to me because high scoring games are over under is usually in the high forties, low fifties, low scoring games. They're over under is usually low forties, high thirties. And then like those average games are right in the middle. This seems like a number that should be around like 42, 41 to me. I think it should be a really low-scoring game. I'm not sure why it's up to 45.5 in the middle there. Um, so I'm leaning the under. That's my favorite pick there. Putting 50 bucks on that. Um, and then we're going to go into our teaser segment. For those of you who don't know what a teaser is, you're getting six points toward your line. So, for example, the Eagles are 2.5-point underdogs. You tease them up to 8.5 points. 
um, and you just get more wiggle room, and then you have to bet at least one more game with those six points to cash out. More um, games, the better your lines, the better your odds. Yep, uh, and you get a pretty you get plus odds once you have three teams in there. So it's not it's not a bad system. How many teams do you have in yours this week? I have three teams in my teaser, so I'm getting plus odds, like you just mentioned. I'm taking Philly plus eight and a half at the Bills. I think this one is low scoring. I think Philly can win it, and I, li- I like getting the points. Um, Jets plus twelve at Jacksonville, and then Arizona plus sixteen and a half at the Saints. Um, getting a lot of points with all of them, and I like it. Yep, I like that as well. I am going to go with a four game teaser. I'm going to take the Eagles plus eight and a half, just like you. I think um, I think I can keep it close. Uh, I obviously took Buffalo minus two and a half straight up, but I think it's going to be kind of a low-scoring game. I could see Buffalo winning between, you know, I don't know, five or six. Give me the Chargers um, against the – who are they playing again? Yeah, the, the Bears. Bears. Chargers plus 10 on the road against the Bears. I don't think the Bears are good enough to beat anybody by 10 points. Buccaneers plus eight and a half against the Titans. Like I said, I think it's going to be low-scoring. They should be able to keep it close. I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game. And then Panthers plus 11.5 against the Niners. I think the Niners are overrated. Wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers won straight up. So those are our teasers. I don't know exactly what the odds are for a five-game teaser. I should have done that beforehand. I think it's like... It's like plus 120, something like that. Is it more? Yeah, it's like 300 maybe. Okay. Around there. There you go. So you're getting good odds there. Uh, So thanks for listening, everybody. Please follow us on Twitter at Gambling Couch. Uh, You can email us at... uh, The email is thegamblingcouch at gmail.com. Send us your questions. We can help you guys out with bets, whatever you need. Um, Thank you guys for listening. You can uh, find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, as well as any other little podcast joint. So tune in next week. Hopefully we can win some money. Let's go get the money.